Uh, why don't you stand to your feet and turn to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Um, we're just going to deal with verse 10 today. Um, we're just going to deal with verse 10 today. Um, I'll start. You finish. An excellent wife. Let's start over. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a little short. Let's, I'm going to say an excellent wife, and you keep on going. Amen, somebody. Amen. An excellent wife. Yeah, that's what we'll deal with today. Um, and I'd like to talk about, uh, if I could tag this text, I'd like to talk about uh, from the subject of redeemed value. Redeemed value. Um, let's, let's pray. Father, uh, we, uh, we honor you today because of the death of Christ and his life and his resurrection and all that he is. And we want to zoom lens on him. And we want to, we, we know that we're in a series on womanhood. We just finished our series on manhood months ago. But we really want to zoom in on our sisters uh, that you would give them a sense of the fact that their value is only redeemed through Jesus Christ. And God, will you uh, restore those who don't have a sense of value, uh, uh, that know you, and then those who don't know you, will you help them to trust Christ so that they can have value, uh, Christ, our value and our greatest value. And Lord, in order for this to be a ministry of the Spirit, I need you. Um, I cannot do this alone. And so, God, I pray that the Words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable. Father, in your sight, oh God, our strength, our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody agree with that? Say it. Amen, 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 amen. Um, I, I, um, not, not as much as I used to, uh, I, 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 I have a collection of uh, vintage action figures. I, I love... I got I got a, I got a nice little collection. I got some great number one comics, um, and don't don't try to come in my house and steal nothing, cacao. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, but I I I got some pretty decently valuable things, and it's interesting that as I come across going, I haven't I don't I don't collect as much as I used to. But when you go to certain comic shops and you see guys that are coming in or gals coming in to cash in what they have, whether it's GI Joe figures with the Kung Fu grip or you know what I'm saying? Whether it's a Barbie doll, um, I went, y'all just whiz past y'all. I'm so sorry. Um, some of y'all, that was 1975. Sorry for that. Um, uh, um, all different types of items. And it's interesting to me that what they're willing to sell them for when they're trying to get rid of it. But then it's interesting that the person buying it from them know the value of it, but they try to get as little as possible out of the person so that they can make the most out of the asset that they're giving to them. In other, in, other, in other words, the person on one side doesn't know its value, which I had some help right there, but then on the other side, the other knows the value of these items. And, and I'm convinced the longer I walk with Jesus, the longer I pastor, uh, the longer I get a chance to minister places, <clears throat> The thing that I noticed the most is that women of God do not recognize their value. 
There's a sense in which you've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled into thinking that you're to be needy for humanity. I'm alone right now. Um, there's 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 a sense in which I'm sort of sick of you selling your value for nothing. I'm sort of sick of you giving your goods away for nothing. I I am sort of, now some of y'all say, well, I'm a, you know, I get something in return. No, what you get still ain't worth what you gave up. Um, and, and, And I'm to the point where I have a holy indignation towards women not seeing themselves in light of the cross. Uh, I have a problem with it. And so, and, and, so, and so today, I have such a problem with it. I have such a holy audacity about where women are is that my, th- this, this um, message is a plea. It, it is a plea to, um, to, 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 to grasp on some level the value that Christ imputed to you with his righteousness when he died on the cross. When he died on the cross for your sins, he didn't look at you and see value. He looked at you with his value. So you missed that. And so, and so what God wants us to do and what God, particularly today as we're talking with our sisters today, is wanting you to have a sense of redeemed value. Amen, somebody. And so we come to a passage of Scripture that is really a landmark group of verses. We're going to, in our Eve Redeemed series, we're going to have three weeks on this. So I'm going to do verse 10 today. I'm going to probably do half or however much the Holy Spirit let me get through next week. Then the week after that, we're going to try to do the rest of this. But, I, but, but, but the Spirit of God, as I was studying and working through this passage, had me hover on verse 10. As much as I tried to get past verse 10, um, um, as I was on the plane just looking at this again and just allowing myself to get this saturated in me, I I I felt like a sense that that, that if if women don't get verse 10, they won't get the rest of this. Because the question that Lemuel's mom is asking him is interesting. It's interesting that King Lemuel, with his mother, the queen mother, maybe he's a prince at the time where he gives this to her, where she gives this to him, and she's chopping it up with her son. It's interesting and it's beautiful for a mother to talk to her son about what is going to happen to him. Uh, and why, why would she talk to him about it? Because he was going to be king one day. And, and there's a lot of honeys in the court when King Lim Lim went out there. You know, Lim walking out with his prince's robe on, looking finicus and walking all through, you know what I'm saying? Um, six-packable, I don't know what he was. He may, not, he may have been just an ugly dude, but he was a prince, so, you know, he can get him a dime piece easy, right? So money's walking, you know what I'm saying? Honey's like, Lim, look at Lim, he's so handsome. You know what I'm saying? And look at his jewelry and all of that, and they liking Lim, right? And so mama knows how a young man is, he want the honeys. So he'll marry probably the best looking thing he can get because he thinks that that's going to last forever. That's why she gives him verse 31. We'll get there in a few weeks. He said, because that, 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 that's going to wrinkle up one day, baby. So you're going to have, oh, oh, oh Lord, but, but you're going to have to, but, but, but you're going to have to have more than some skin. I wish I had some help right there. You're going to need some soul. You're going to need some substance. You're going to need some depth 
because you need something that's going to carry you for the long haul, son. And listen, the woman that you marry is going to be a queen. I wish I had help. And because she's going to be a queen, you need to have a queen with character, not just a queen that's a diva, a gold digger, a Negro chaser. Yeah, I said it. Listen, I'm trying to get, she said, I need you to get in with a woman that understands the God of heaven. I got I to stop right there. Help me, God, today. Because they're, 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 so, so she's discipling her son in what type of woman you need to find. And so, and, so, and so Lim is so blown away that the Holy Spirit, while the scriptures are being written, superintends him to write out what his mother said. And what his mother said, a woman becomes a part of the scriptures. Wow. So when the compiler was compiling the book of Proverbs, it climaxes with... Proverbs 31. Now, don't stop, don't, now, now, don't let this fool you because Proverbs 31 is really um, a climax of the book of Proverbs. It's a climax in that uh, uh, Proverbs 1-7 acts as the introduction to Proverbs and God's mindset because what does it say there? It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So that acts as the beginning that kind of acts as a thread and a hermeneutic and a main subject that goes from chapters 1 through 31. And it capsizes in verse 31 of chapter 31, uh, 30 in verse 31, right? Now, what you see here is now the writer has been talking about wisdom. That's the larger subject of the book of Proverbs, wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Now, the Hebrew word for wisdom is chakmah. And that word means to skillfully live out God's information based on what you know about it and it transforming you. That's what wisdom means, right? And so in order to, it's it's powerful to me that within a culture that was male-dominated in their day, that that the Holy Spirit seeks to say, I want to use the image of a woman to personify wisdom incarnate. Um, matter of fact, he does it in chapter 2, and he does it in chapter 7, and now he does it in chapter 31, if I'm not mistaken. And so, in other words, it, 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 the, the, King Lemuel's mother's communication to him was so powerful under the guise of the Holy Spirit that in order to personify and show what wisdom looks like, God used feminine language to explain it. Now, that doesn't take away the exegetical significance of its application to the practicality of your life. I wish I had help. Because what's happening is, is even though it's this massive, uh, massive group of information that points to the larger picture of wisdom, it's practically points to, son, this is what you look for, and women, this is what you should be. Now, somebody's looking at me and say, this is too lofty. Yes, it is. Everything that God calls us to in the Bible is lofty. Everything that God wants us to be is lofty. Everything that God has as a requirement is lofty. That's why Christ came and was lifted up and lofted up on the cross so that the lofty things that God wants us to be is not found in us, in us exalting ourselves, but is found in Christ being lifted up or lofted up so that everyone that put their faith in the lofty one gets lofted up with the lofty one and goes in the grave with the lofty one and gets up on the third day with the lofty one. Why? Because God's requirements are only found in one person. Yeah. So we come here today and, and we find ourselves rocked by 
This verse, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful verse, which brings me to one point. I only got one point today. One point, and this, this is really the superintending point of the whole subseries within the Eve Redeemed series. Number one and one only. The redeemed Eve brings value to every sphere of her life. The redeemed Eve brings value. Somebody say brings value. Brings value every sphere of her life. As we go through Proverbs 31, we're going to talk about different sectors of a woman's life. And how the woman of excellence brings value to everything in her life. But what's interesting here is verse 10. I'm going to park on this idiomatic expression. And then at the end, I want to do a case study on one of the worst women in the Bible and how she became a Proverbs 31 woman. Um, 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 right, right here in the text, it says, an excellent wife who can find. Wow. So his mom says, a good woman is hard to find, baby. I can see her sitting talking to him in the king's court beside the sprinklers. And them sitting out in their robes and talking and her, her talking to him and him not wanting. You know how men are. We don't want to listen when mama say, but we'll find out in the long run that mama said was right, right? But this word, an excellent wife, it's an interesting. It's actually two terms. It's a Hebrew terminology. It's eshet chayel. It's interesting. And, 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 and many translators translate this differently. Some call it a woman of worth a virtuous woman or a woman of excellence, uh, of, of great value, right? This, this term, I want to spend most of my time really unpacking this idea because I, I believe that the central reasoning behind Eve being redeemed is her character. So this idea of woman of worth means woman of noble character. It means the quality that renders something someone or someplace desirable, valuable, and useful. Let me say it again. The quality, notice that that's singular, not plural. I'll explain that in a second. The quality that renders someone, something, or someplace desirable, valuable, or useful. In other words, now, now what she zooms in on, King Lim's mom, is she zooms in on the character of a woman. That what makes a woman valuable is not how cute she is, not how uh, great her pedicure is and manicure is. It's, it's, it's not based on how long her weave is and how good of a weave it is. Because, um, you know, my wife would say, baby, that's a good weave right there. That's a weave, but that's a good one. I'd be like, I don't know what the difference is. But how, how beautiful your natural hair is how silky your hair is, how wavy your hair is, how big your eyelashes is, Park, please, never mind, let me keep going. Um, that's for another sermon. It's for another sermon. Because I am going to talk about hominess. Because some of y'all homie. And I'm going to talk about the fact that Ashik uh, Chayo doesn't mean to carry yourself raggedy. The Bible, hey, I'm just going to say, I'm, 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 can I park just for, um, um, Holy Ghost help me. Um, the Bible says, do not let your adornment merely be external. It doesn't say not be external. Help me in tongues, Holy Spirit, right now. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. 
But I am going to talk about home me. I didn't say homely, homeyness. But right now we're talking about Eshet Chayel, a woman of value. It's interesting that this terminology of woman of valor, it can be translated woman of valor, which is a warrior woman. A, a woman, that, a, a woman by, by God's grace that, now, now this idea of valor points back to David's valor, men of valor. These were his special ops team that was able to get things done in ways that no one else could get done. As a matter of fact, when the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon in Judges 6, he says, hey, uh, he, he, say, he says, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And so he's calling him in a place of where he's not. And so so this idea of valor is the sense of commitment based on a deeply embedded sense of character that God puts in someone and not what they put in themselves. That's the power of being in Christ, y'all, is that you don't give yourself value. He gives you value. That's what's powerful about knowing him is that 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 character is embedded and transformed by the renewing power of Jesus Christ. Here, this idea of Eshet Chayo, or woman of worth, or virtuous woman, woman of value, indicates that the woman possesses all the virtues, honor, and strength to do the things that God will set forth for her to do. I like the fact, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but first, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, uh, God has given to us everything we need for life and godliness. That means that there is no new anointing coming from heaven to give you nothing new. Because when you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that he gives you everything you need for life and godliness. That means you're not waiting on nothing new. You do implant the word of God. We'll talk about it in a second. But there's nothing new coming from heaven to make you better. Christ already came, died on the cross, and was raised to make you better. And so now when you trust him by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, you have every single asset that's needed to be everything that God wants you to be. The issue is, is that God has to remove the barriers that are in the way of showing off the reality of what he's already put in you. God is never trying to put anything in you. He's trying to work things out of you. How do I know? Because Philippians chapter 2 says, work out your salvation. Now, if it's, it's not outside of you, it's in you. You're working out what's already in you because you're working out what's, what's worked for for you. What got in you that you work out wasn't gotten by you. It was placed by Christ in you. Now you work it out, but you didn't have to work for it. Y'all going to get that on the way home. That's what I like about Christ. Everything's by grace. Everything's by grace. Everything's by grace. So this woman, this noble woman, is a human reflection of the woman who represents God himself and his wisdom. Woman of excellence also points to, it's interesting that this idea of woman of excellence, it talks about the ruling power of the Messiah in Psalm 110.3. It talks about the Messiah, this, this idea of this points to um, ultimately the Lord Jesus the Christ. But also we see this term, woman of worth or woman of great value, it's first used in its prototype form in function in Ruth chapter 3 verse 11 where Boaz calls Ruth a woman of excellence. Now, I'm going to come back to this 
in a minute. But, but, but he calls her a woman of excellence. And it's very, very powerful that he calls her that. In, in other words, a woman of excellence is the type of woman that a dude doesn't feel like he can just walk up on and say what he wants to her. Let me see if I can make it plain. There's some women, and I ain't saying all, I'm just saying some of y'all, a dude feels comfortable of grabbing your behind. I'm being real. Y'all know the type of girl I'm talking about. Some of y'all, oh, Lord. Um, there's an aura about you that oozes come get me. See, a woman of worth, though, people don't do certain things around her. Like, like I don't know what it is. I don't know, if, I don't know how the Holy Ghost do it, make it come out of her pores or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But there's this sense that you don't come at her any kind of way because there's a value that she innately has in and of herself that she subscribes to to where she won't take no mess. Let me see. It was, it was September 1992, biology class. I'll never forget it. I met a young lady. I would hoop right there if I was on my clothes. But I met a young lady in class. Now, you got to understand, I was Bowie State University, um, you know what I'm saying, rugged dude, rough around the edges, and nasty as all get out. This little honey was on the other side, plat out of the biology little thingy with the sinks and stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I looked at her, and she looked at me. <laughs> I feel my health coming. Aaron, you put me in B flat, I get out of here now. <laughs> um, and I saw her on the other side, and you know, I was used to, you know, hey, how you doing, shorty? But there was something about, it was something about my wife, man. She, you don't just be saying, like you say, mother, oh, my bad, my, my bad, you know what I'm saying? You got to forgive her, brother, you know, because I'm rough around the edges, you know what I'm saying? But uh, 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 two months later, November 15th, 1992, I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. And so, and so, and so, and so when, when, when I wanted to holler at her eventually to court her, there was this, like, it, you know, she was one of them sisters on the campus. I know I'm embarrassing you. I'm going to talk about you for five more minutes. Um, you didn't just walk up on Yvette. She's fine in the mug, but you weren't just going to plat out up on her. You just had, because there was a sense with a woman that values herself and that values God's investment in her, that she wants to make sure that she stiff arms you before you get in smelling range. Wish I had some help. You need, listen, listen ladies, you need to be such a hot commodity, you need to be such a beast in Jesus, and you need to be such an I don't need a man mode, but I need God mode. And I need him no matter what, and I'm going to walk with him no matter what. So whether you talk to me, whether you try to holler at me, whether you blow me a kiss, or don't celebrate Valentine's Day with me, all I got to say is, I love the Lord, and he loves me, and he's my husband, and I ain't worried about whether you talk to me or not. Yeah, I want to get married. Yeah, I want to be with somebody. But listen, I'm good because I don't need what you have to get. Listen, your aura should say, Negro, get your stuff together. Listen, listen, your aura should be so beastly that do be like, man, I, oh, man, shoot, man, I need to go to Bible study, man. You know what I'm saying? I need to go to small groups or something. I need some discipleship. He need, listen, he need to be pacing the floor thinking about how he can get spiritually mature enough to be your husband. 
Oh, help me, God. Listen, 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 listen. Listen, you should, you should, your soul should scream. I don't deal with punk leaders. Wish I had some time. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. You know, because, because some of you, I'm sick of y'all just taking any old joker. Matter of fact, not just any old joker, any old thing. You, listen, Christ created you with more value than that. And some of y'all need to let somebody go today. Oh, y'all quiet right now. Some of y'all need to say, listen, I found out in the sermon today that I'm a valuable woman. And I found out that, oh Lord, I found out that, 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 that I need to spend some time with God. I need to spend some months him pouring into me. I need to spend some time alone to get, to, for him to, not to get myself together, but for him to get me together so I can re-recognize who he has created me to be, how much he loves me, how much he cares about me. Because once I get that in my spirit, then I'm ready to be yours. As a matter of fact, you need to do the same because you ain't ready to be with me either. Oh, God, help me. A woman of worth, a woman of value, a woman, a woman who, see, when you know what something's worth, you don't just get up off of it. Listen, I, I'm, a, I'm an avid eBay buyer. I like buying stuff off eBay. But I hate running up across the people who know the value of what they got. You know what I'm saying? Because they say make an offer. They got a, one, you can make an offer. Buy now, make an offer. You make an offer, you got three chances. And they'd be like, I'll make the first offer. They'd be like, come on, man. Um, then you go back, you're going to have to come up. You know, then they counter offer. In other words, they counter offer because they know what you're trying to offer them doesn't even come within light years of what it's actually valued. And they refuse to let you get it for the price that you want because they'll come out on a short end if they let you get it for the price of nothing that you want. Listen, don't let anything in your life, don't let anybody in your life get you for the price of nothing. I got to keep going. <laughs> idea of virtue is a beautiful idea. It means to be bent towards being a person of quality based on one's knowledge of one's value before God. So you see, you see God's value based on the Eshikhayo is beautiful because God, again, puts value on the woman. And so what is important here is not that virtue should be separated from character because the character of the believer is to be formed after the image of God and the virtues are the habits which forms the character that Christ has created. So when you look at this idea, we've seen virtue in the Old Testament, this idea of character and virtue in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, it will give virtue lists, but to me, the best virtue list because there's a 1 Corinthians chapter 6 virtue list. There's a Ephesians chapter 5 virtue list. There's a Galatians chapter 5 virtue list. And there is a, uh, there's a 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 uh, verse 4 list. And there's a Romans chapter 5 uh, verses uh, 2 through about the 5th verse virtue list. Now, when you look over, the best one to me is 2 Corinthians out of all of them, even though they are all connected. The one in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, P Peter said, he, said, he says, God has given you, verse 3, everything uh, pertaining to life and godliness 
by the true power of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And, uh, for, uh, for we, seeing that his divine power has given us everything for life and godliness, then it begins to go down and says, we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Then he says, in your faith, add to your faith virtue. Now, the first idea in that section is virtue. Now, 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 now virtue is interesting exegetically there because virtue means a commitment to a standard. That means that because you've gotten saved, because you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, he's imputed you with the ability to have a commitment to a standard. That means character. Character that wants the standards of God. Character that wants what God wants for them. Character that wants everything in their sphere to be impacted by what God wants to be impacted in their life. Now, he doesn't leave them in just the pictorial of the renewed life in having character in Christ alone. He says, in your virtue, add to your virtue knowledge. Dope. Now, the reason why he says that is because he wants you to have an informed character. What informs your character? The Bible. Now, what he's talking about is when you have character because of Christ, you now need a biblical grid to look at everything. That's called a biblical worldview. Somebody say biblical worldview. Now, now I've told you what this is before, but I want to say it one last time. A biblical worldview is a grid that people who know Jesus Christ are to develop from the Bible on how they look at, interact with, and understand God, people, life, and decision-making. I'm going to say it again. A, a biblical worldview is a grid. Somebody say grid. Grid that people who know Jesus Christ are to develop from the Bible on how. Somebody say how. How they interact with, understand God, people, life, and decision-making. If you want a verse beside that, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, which points to the fact that you have the mind of Christ. Jesus Christ's life has imputed in you new character. So now, ladies, every single area of your life needs to be looked at through a biblical grid. That's what the good woman of God does. Why do I say it needs to be through a biblical grid? That's very important because you're adding knowledge to your virtue. Where do I see that in the Old Testament? Back to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, that says, what, what does it say? It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is that? Uh, uh, the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge about information about God. That means women need to have theology. That means women aren't anointed to be dumb. Contrary to popular belief, men and women are supposed to be equally theologically astute because we're equal in Jesus. Oh, y'all looking at me funny because I'm getting too egalitarian up in here. But I'm, t I'm not talking about egal or complementarian. All I'm talking about is Christocentrism. So what I'm saying is, is that men and women have the equal capacity to know and understand God. That means that in your character, you've been anointed to know omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, grace, mercy, wrath, holiness, spirituality, eternality. All of those things that make up the comprised attributes of God. That means you need to understand the hypostatic union, that Christ is 100% God and 100% man at the same time. You need to understand plenial substitutionary atonement. You need to understand solus Christus, sola fida, so all the solus scriptura. You need to understand all of those things. You're not dumb. I, got, I, I wish I had time to just spend on that. 
<coughs> that means you, you, you need to have your biblical chops sharpened. Uh, I, there's no woman that needs to be biblically lazy <coughs> and waiting to get a man to teach her. I wish I had some help. If I get a husband, he'll teach. No, the Bible says that the Lord is your husband. So since he is, he can teach you right now. I wish I had time to just spend on that. But I, I, I just want you, I'm not trying to make you feministic. That's not what I'm doing. I just want sisters to, be, to begin to see themselves beyond culture's boundaries. Now, this doesn't mean that you become the independent woman either with your hand on your hip and your, little, and your little corporate suit on and think because you got a little something, something, I got my own and I don't need nobody else. No, God is God all by himself and don't need nobody else. But you need him and the body. That's what you need, all right? <laughs> Proverbs 11, I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Let me get out your way. I got 12 minutes. Maybe. It says the integrity, Proverbs 11, 3, the integrity of the upright guides them. But the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Yeah. Proverbs 10.9 says, whoever walks in integrity, somebody say integrity, yeah. walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Yeah. Integrity is character. Integrity is who you are when nobody's looking. Yeah. Integrity is, even though nobody's around, I'm going to honor God because he's the only one that sees me. That's what a virtuous woman pushes in because of the power that Christ gives. Integrity. Somebody say integrity. But then he says, oh, now we got to move on in the verse. Um, it says, who can find? Good God Almighty. That type of woman we just described, Lemuel's mom said, can you even find a girl like that? She asks him a question. Then she gives her value. And I love this. She, this, is what's, this is what's interesting. She is far more precious than jewels. This is banging. Now, you got to understand, bling ain't new, y'all. Hair and bone chains, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm going past all y'all. Y'all know nothing about hair and bone chain. Y'all know about no fat cables, bamboo earrings, at least two pairs. Y'all don't know nothing about that. But, I mean, I mean but, but people have been wearing bling for years. Uh, uh, and, and, but, and back in their day... <clears throat> A woman's value was what was ascribed by others based on how many ornaments of jewels she had on. And so, therefore, she demanded respect based on what she had on her, not what she had in her. And so Lemuel's mama flipped the script and said, listen, this woman that I'm talking about, son, I know you see a lot of girls with nice jewelry on. They got rubies and sapphires and topazes and diamonds and yellow diamonds and pink diamonds and black diamonds and all different types of things, baby. But let me tell you, she, 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 I, I, I know, baby, she got big breasts. She got a big butt. I know all of that stuff. I said it. She got all of those good things that you like, baby. But I'm just going to tell you right now, that doesn't make her a good woman. She said, listen, baby, this is the type of woman you need to find. You need to find a woman that knows her worth so well in Christ that what she wears, she gives value to what she wears. Y'all ain't gonna get it. Beyonce, right, got, a, got endorsement deals. Out the wazizzy. Out the wazizzy. I was looking, I was like, dang, $50 million Pepsi deal, L'Oreal deal, all of these different deals. Now what's interesting is that those endorsement deals doesn't make her a better star. 
The reason why the endorsement deals they want to get with her is because of her value. And because she's so valuable, they know that when they get Beyonce on the squad, and they, and it, guess what? The value of what they're doing goes up because her value endorses its value. Let me tell you something. A woman of excellence understands her value so much in character that you know your value and you know that wherever you go, everywhere God sends you, every person that crosses your path, you bring value to that place. Why? Because you have an endorsement deal, not with Pepsi, not with Nike, not with American Express, not with L'Oreal, not with CoverGirl. You don't have, you don't have it with Mac. You don't have, you have an eternal endorsement deal with God the Father through God the Son by the power of God the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something, when you, but you don't add value there. This is the only endorsement deal that gives you value and you add nothing to the pot. <laughs> and he's put, he's made you a fashion diva and a trendsetter on planet earth that the ornaments of your soul be so beastly that as you walk through life, you, you're wearing, you're wearing eternal uh, Versace, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you know what I'm saying? You got eternal Fendi right there, flat out, eternal MCM. You got eternal pumps on. You, listen, you got eternal Ann Taylor. You got eternal all types of things. Why? Because you got on glory gear. I got them. <clears throat> I don't care how much coach you got. I don't care how much Louis Vuitton you got. I don't care how much Chanel you got. Listen, the blood of Christ is the best outfit on planet Earth. The cross of Christ is the best earring you can wear. Matter of fact, the cross of Christ was made to be jewelry, not around your neck, but on your back. Every single day, you should reach in your eternal jewelry box and pick up your cross daily and follow him. And you put it on your back, and people are like, Dad, what, is, what kind of outfit is that, girl? Woo! Girl! I don't know what kind of girl that is fluff. Girl, that is banging. Girl, that is dope. Girl, that is all that. Oh, where can I get me one of them? Where can I get that? Pow! I'm Instagramming this right now, girl. I'm going to put this on my Instagram page. Good God Almighty. Listen, your life, your life should be so valuable. Your life should carry the cross so greatly that people want to put on that type of clothes. <coughs> He's your infinity scarf. Wish you're going to get that on the way home. <laughs> I got to keep moving. I got to get to the case study. Y'all sit down. I got to get to the case study. Hold, hold, hold on. Y'all got to get to the case study. Now, but, but, but. But with that type of value, some of you are still sitting and looking at me funny because you don't believe you have value. And none of us do without Jesus. But <clears throat> early in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, <clears throat> um, some spies went into Jericho. <clears throat> and they went in through the wall into a brothel of the house of a woman named Rahab. Rahab has seen a lot of men, been with a lot of men, but she'd heard the testimony of Christ about what God had done through God's people. <clears throat> and she wanted them to remember her when they came into the city. And they said, all you got to do, 
hold out this scarlet thread out your window. This scarlet, this red thread will help you to be covered from being destroyed with this city. Rahab, something happened to her. Something changed in her. How do we know? Because in Matthew chapter 1 verse 5, a dude named Salmon saw that she was worthy to be married. But that, that doesn't do nothing for you because, because Salmon and Rahab got married. He put on a squad. Then guess what? They had a baby. His name was Boaz. Boaz got raised by a former prostitute and, 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 and a dude named Salmon. Boaz See, under the Levirate law, didn't glean the edge of his field. He became a rich man. And he saw somebody out in the field gleaning. And, 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 and when he saw her, because he was raised by a woman who knew her value. I wish I had some help right there. In chapter, 11, chapter 3, verse 11, he says, you are a virtuous woman. Prototype. Now, how in the world does a prostitute produce a virtual woman, virtuous woman. The way she produced a virtuous woman is by being reproduced by the living God. When God reproduced her, she said, my son is going to know how to find a good woman. I don't want him to find a woman like I, I was in my past, but I want him to be better. But you got to understand, Boaz and, Boaz and Ruth had Jesse. Jesse had David. David had Solomon. All the way down to chapter 1 of Matthew, verse 5, Rahab, a prostitute that was sleeping with all kinds of men, become a great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. I wish I had some help there, but it doesn't stop there. Rahab's transformation was so powerful that Hebrews 11, verse 31, calls her a hero of the faith. Oh, y'all gonna get this on. You can shout later. Let me tell you something. When God gets a hold of you, when God transforms you, it doesn't matter what gutter you were found in, how dirty you are. A prostitute went from hoe to hero. Wish I had some help. Yeah, 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 yeah. She went from hoe to hero. Listen. I don't know, I ain't gonna call you no hoe, but I don't know what type of honeys I got in here, what type of chicks I got in here, what type of women I got in here, but if you let Christ get a hold of you. (coughs) She becomes an example in Hebrews chapter 11. She's named with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Daniel, Enoch, as a hero of the faith that men and women should look at as an example of what it looks like to trust in Christ. How in the world does a woman go from hoeing herself in the walls of a city to being hailed in the halls of faith? How? How does a woman that's seen men from Babylon, Hittite men, Philistine men, all different types of women, how in the world do you go from laying on your back like that 
all of those years and hoeing yourself out in the walls of a city, and now you're, you're, you're laying on your knees before the living God. How in the world does that happen? How in the world can somebody so trifling, so raggedy, so nasty, so left field of God, how in the world do you get to now be with God? You were, you were far off. Nobody wanted to touch you. Nobody wanted to marry you. But when God gets a hold of you, when Jesus Christ gets a hold of you, let me just tell you something. You'll be desirable all over again. A woman goes from being a whole to an ancient hile. I wish I had some women up in this place that would stand on their feet and proclaim that the gospel has transformed you, that the gospel has given you value, and that the blood of Christ is the greatest, is the greatest, is the greatest ornament of all times. If I pass this mic around the room, there are testimonies of Rahab's all in this place. But when you pass the testimony, it won't end there. Why won't it end there? The reason why it won't end there is because of God's mercy and God's grace and God's justice to restore and redeem you through Jesus Christ. Some of you all have hard histories. Some of you all have hard, 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 hard histories that you are embarrassed of. Some of you all are embarrassed if you told that part of your testimony that nobody heard. You know that part? You ain't even told your spouse yet. That part your girlfriends don't even know. That part that you kept between you and God. That, that the worst place of your testimony is the greatest place of your redemption. Some of y'all are so broken and so defined by that particular place where you made it the greatest mistake. God is saying, hallelujah. He wants to make it a testimony. He wants to make you a testimony. He wants to clean the darkest blotch. The darkest of darkness of darkest spots and make you new. And he's tired of you thinking that you're not valuable when you belong to him. Every head bow, every eye closed. <clears throat> Maybe you're here today. And you don't know the Messiah as Savior. You don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. <clears throat> Anyone that doesn't know Christ as Savior has no value. But he takes all of our lack of value, he takes all of our lack of value and places it on Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ on the cross takes on the sins of your darkest and most lit places of brokenness. And he calls you and says, I want you to put your confidence 
and faith in my death. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior and the pardon of your sins. We would love to introduce you to Jesus Christ so that he can give you the value. And what is that value equal up to and worth? To have a relationship with God again. The most valuable thing in our life is to have a relationship with God, and that's what belief in Jesus Christ does. If you're here today and want to put your confidence and your trust in Jesus Christ, just slip your hand in the air. We would love to pray for you and talk to you about what it will mean to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Anybody, man or woman, want to put your confidence in Jesus today. Jesus Christ is the only one that can restore your value. You can look wherever you want to look. Nobody, nobody can ascribe and give value to you like he can. No relationship, no bank account, no job, no degree. As good as some of those things are, they don't give you value. Good things come to you because of the goodness of Jesus. So if you're here today and you want to put your confidence in him, uh, why don't you slip your hand in the air? I just want to pray for our sisters. I see a lot of y'all in tears. And um, I just want to pray for you. You could either stand, you could sit there, you could come up. I mean, either way, I sense the need to just pray for you.